Support for Milledgeville Matters comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald. Today, I'm happy to continue our partnership with the Milledgeville area Tea Party Patriots to bring their candidate meet and greet to our radio audience. Tonight, you'll hear from candidates seeking the 145th district seat in the State House of Representatives. In order, you'll hear brief comments in a question and answer from Republican nominee Rick Williams, followed by a prepared statement from Democratic nominee Floyd Griffin. And so now we'll begin with comments from Rick Williams. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so glad y'all came out. Uh, I just hope all of you go vote. And I have seen the voter apathy for many years, and uh, I think this time is going to be different. I thank y'all for the opportunity to have us out for this forum and uh, look forward to, to talking with you and answering any questions that you may have. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Rick Williams. Uh, I'll be on your ballot as Ricky A. Williams. That's my legal name. So just wanted you to be sure and know I am one and the same. I've lived in Millersville most of my life. I moved here when I was 16 years old, senior in high school, and um, I worked in the funeral business with my father. Worked up to, uh, until 1975 in the business with him. And that's when I took the business over, and I've grown it to three funeral homes, two cemeteries, a crematory, and a monument business. I know how to work hard. I know how to treat employees. I know how to treat people. I know, I know how to take care of people. All of this has prepared me to be your state representative. We have fabulous institutions here in Baldwin County for higher learning. GC and SU is ranked third in the state behind Georgia Tech and the University of Georgia. Jeez, we have, they're, they're awesome. GMC is growing so rapidly. The admission level is about to move to grade four. They are just growing every year. Central Georgia Tech certainly has plenty of room for growth. There are so many opportunities here in our community. Students are a renewable resource, and we have plenty of those here in our community. The problem is after we educate them, they leave. There's no jobs here in Millersville. We've got to get some industry, and we have to get jobs here in Baldwin County. Another point regarding education, and it's been my platform from the very beginning because I know what it's like to send children through school, through college, and as a grandparent of seven grandchildren, helping our children raise our grandchildren and get them educated. Education is expensive. When you send me to Atlanta, I will propose legislation that's going to make every dollar spent on higher education, whether it be technical college, technical school, traditional college, I'm going to propose that every 
dollar for dollar be a tax deduction. We've got to have relief. For our community to be successful, it must have a good hospital. And I, I, and I know a lot of you don't realize that our hospital is our second largest employer of Baldwin County. Now, I have spoken with a number of our county leaders who have assured me our hospital is going to be saved. There's a bright future for our hospital. Something is going to be happening very soon. And there are great plans for Oconee Regional Medical Center. That's great news for all of us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have spoken with the governor, and he has pledged his support to me. The lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house, the speaker pro tem, and Senator Burt Jones. I've got a lot of people that want me at the Capitol so we can work together to make great things happen for Baldwin and Putnam County. And you know what that means? That means I can be effective. When I've got those people standing behind me, standing with me, ready to work with me, I can be effective for this community. I have the support of every representative of every surrounding county of Baldwin and Putnam. They have endorsed me. They're ready to work with me. They want me in Atlanta. And again, that means I can be effective. There are people under the gold zone that want to work with me. They want me to help bring Baldwin and Putnam County back to prosperity. I'm not a long speaker. All I ask now is for your prayers, your support, and your vote, and send me to Atlanta in January. And I will take questions if any of you have questions at this time. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. What is your thoughts on picking out an average lot for commercial or industrial, like say 15 acres or 20 acres or 12 acres or whatever, and buying it and offering it to somebody that was promised that they would hire 20 people or 25 people? What are your thoughts on that? I'd certainly be working for that. Instead of a county or community building a spec building and taking a chance, I would much rather find a business or an industry that will commit to our area, that they would bring 25, 50 jobs to Baldwin, Putnam County. What affects Baldwin County also affects Putnam County and the surrounding counties. We're all in this together. The Smith Sibley megasite that we have. We're, we have one of 11 megasites, industrial sites, in the state of Georgia, and it has direct rail access to Savannah. We've got a lot to offer these industries to come to Baldwin County so that they can make their goods, manufacture their goods, package their goods, put them on a rail car, ship it to Savannah, get on a ship, and be all over the world. We're unique. We've got the Fall Line Freeway that is nearing completion. 
right through central Georgia, we've got an opportunity. And ladies and gentlemen, the opportunity is now for us, and we've got to act now. We can't afford to not strike while all of these things are happening. I hope I answered your question, but I am in favor of doing what it takes to get industry here. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Uh, my question actually had to do with the hospital. When they passed Obamacare back in 2012, we struck down the Medicaid expansion, said we didn't want that. But the problem is we're still paying the taxes on that, and our people in our hospitals are not getting the benefit of it. How do you feel about expanding Medicaid? You're right, and I've read some uh, article today where the governor has been, a proposal has been sent to the governor, and he sent it to the legislature. So the legislature will be looking at that come in January. The governor said that anything that is sound financially, fiscally, that he definitely wants to look at it. The governor has done a, a great job, you know, when he took over Georgia, I think I heard him say had one and a half million dollars in reserve. That was enough to operate the state for two days. Right now, the state of Georgia has $1.9 billion in reserve. And his goal was to get it to $2 billion before he leaves office. And that's great news for the state of Georgia. Uh, we've just got to now capitalize and get some of this industry to middle Georgia with 441 widening, DOT commissioner has um, started back working on the four lanes on 441. Uh, with the fall line freeway nearing completion, we're at the crossroads of America. And we've got an opportunity to make some great things happen. And I want to represent every one of you in Atlanta to make that happen. I've raised my children here. My children are raising our grandchildren here. I have a vested interest in this community, and I really want to see it grow and prosper. Yes, sir. A lot of the uh, increases in the governor's budget, or his standby budget, in my opinion, has been on the, on the backs of the educators. The teachers do not need to bear the burden of increasing the state's reserve. Uh, and, uh, Governor, what are you going to do in that respect? Well, I certainly support the teachers, and I certainly want them to make a decent wage and be paid like they should. I don't think it's fair to pay a teacher or grade a teacher on their students' learning level either. I know if you contact some of my high school teachers, they would tell you that they deserve a whole lot of money for the grief that I gave some of them, I can tell you that. But they, uh, there were some wonderful people and the teachers have made an impact and they do have the ability to make the impact on these young people and we've got to nurture that. Um, I think, and I had some figures on dropout rates. Um, pardon me just a moment. You know, when you think you have uh, all your little notes and everything put together, it's unbelievable the, the amount of people that have dropped out of school. 
I think in the past six years, something like 500, no, it was 96,000 students have dropped out of school. I think it was 96,000. We've got to do more to encourage them and by getting better teachers, retaining those good teachers. That's what we've got to do to keep the students in school, keep them active, keep them learning. Any other questions? My question was kind of riding off of his where it feels like the teachers haven't been uh, compensated appropriately to make room for that $2 billion in reserves. It also has affected a lot of state agencies. Uh, an agency I recently worked for nearly lost all of our federal funding because the state did not provide us the appropriate salary, not the salary, but the appropriate money to run the programs. And so that $2 billion, we lost because of that, we literally lost children's lives because we didn't have case managers to see about these children. I, I realize a lot of those things work together and they've got to be addressed. The economy has been tough. I know a lot and I hear it from a lot of the state employees, retired employees, they didn't get their raise. They didn't get their raise. And I know the cost of living keeps going up, but that's gonna be things that I'm gonna be working forward and I promise you, if I'm elected, when I'm elected, we will continue to have meetings like this. I'll continue to meet with you and take time out of my schedule to talk to you about what's on your mind, what's on your heart, and what I can do to make things better for Millersville, Baldwin County, Eatonton, Putnam County. That's really what I want to do. 44 seconds, a quick question. Yes, sir, do you know if they're gonna open up any jobs over at Central State Hospital? That is of the utmost importance. We've um, uh, just had some conversations. There are jobs coming in there now and more property to develop that's very, very important. We've got to work for that to turn those buildings, the property, back into income-producing assets for Baldwin County. We've got to do that. Six seconds. I will hang around after the meeting. Um, our, our son and our staff is taking care of everything, so Don and I and uh, of my grandchildren and my daughters here so uh, we'll hang around after the meeting if there is any more questions thank you that was republican nominee for the 145th state house district rick williams these comments from the candidate were recorded on september 1st at the milledgeville area tea party patriots candidate meet and greet up next, we'll hear a prepared statement from Democratic nominee Floyd Griffin. Um, let me uh, up front say that I will not take any questions. Uh, I will be available afterward to I'll talk to anyone and any questions you may have. Uh, what I want to do, first of all, is thank you all for having this uh, forum. I've been here before, uh, so this is not the first time uh, I've done this. What I want to do this evening, 
I'm going to talk to you about basically three areas, but I want to use a three-legged stool to talk about that. And, and the seat of the stool is a lifetime of leadership, a lifetime of leadership. That's the theme of my campaign. And those are three stools, uh, experience, you can, I mean, <laughs> three legs of the stool. My wife keeps me straight. <laughs> three legs, uh, experience, caring, and I've heard this before, effectiveness, okay? Heard those before. Experience. Now, I think most of you in here should know something about me, and maybe a lot, because I've been involved in politics here in Millersville for over two and a half decades. Been a mayor, senator, uh, community activist, and, and uh, involved in the community. You all know I'm a retired Army colonel, served in Vietnam, flew helicopters there, led soldiers, I have been uh, state senator, very important job, two terms, ran for lieutenant governor, was the mayor. And now I'm asking for your support to run to become the next uh, representative for the 145th. Experience is extremely important. You can't have a lifetime of leadership without experience. Now, I have had 56 years of experience. 56 years of experience serving my country, serving my state, and serving my community, my city. Now, I would like for my opponent to walk one year in my boots and then come back and tell you all if he's better qualified to become the representative of the 145th. I've also seen something about caring. Have a lifetime of leadership, you have to care. It's festive what I've done. My caring started, started right here in Millersville. I was born here in Oconee Heights. Finished high school here, went off to college. Was involved in a lot of things when I was in college that was caring. Went in the military. As an officer in the military and NCOs, you cannot survive if you don't care. And I see some of my old military uh, uh, colleagues here in the room, and they know what I'm talking about. As a leader in the military, you have to care. And I cared about my soldiers in Vietnam when I was pulling them out of the, out of the jungle, flying helicopters. 
taking them to the hospital, calling their families and talking about how they were doing, and writing letters. And that's, that was all the way up through the chain. A junior officer, senior, um, uh, field grade officer, and senior officer. And with that leadership, you also uh, experience, you have to have some education. I have an associate degree, a master's degree, uh, gone to the Command and General Staff College, which is a mid-level uh, school for a year, which means like getting your master's degree and going to the War College. That's the highest level schooling that you can go to. If you want to make general officer, I see a general in here. Can't make general if you go through the, through the War College, one of the War Colleges. So I have the experience and the background and caring. Now, let me talk a few minutes about effectiveness because I've seen some advertising around here that said it's about effectiveness. I don't know what they mean about that, but let me give you the definition of effectiveness. The degree to which something is successfully in producing a desired result. Success, that's what it is, success. Now, I have been successful. I've been there and done that. I was successful in the military. I've been a successful, successful as senator and even as mayor and as a businessman. Working with my father when I came back here after 29 years. And after he and my mother's demise, my sister and I taking over the business, which is a very successful business. I think you all know that we're in the, the funeral service business. So when I, uh, when I uh, pick up the, the paper and read something like I read today in the Baldwin Bulletin, which states, and I basically quote from the, what I read, you got a Republican governor and a Republican speaker and a majority of Republican representatives, Kidd says, that's Representative Kidd, a freshman Democrat will not have the support of the governor, not a speaker, and will be ineffective. Kidd go on and say, his support of Williams is not a personal attack against his friend Floyd Griffin, and I'm glad to read that piece, and I don't care who, it's, who it is running on the Democratic ticket, they could not get things done in the way Rick could. Okay. I guess Rick has been in the legislature. I guess he has introduced legislation. He has written legislation. I guess he has gone before the different committees and got the legislation out of uh, out of the committees. I guess he's gone 
to the different committees like the Rules Committee and moved it out of the Rules Committee. I guess he's gone to the well of the House and defended his legislation to be able to get 91 votes. They are 91 votes out of 180 to pass something out of the House. And over in the Senate, 29 out of uh, 56. So after you get it out of the House, you got to move it to the Senate. And you have to have friends over there to do that. Now, he talks about uh, the people he has met, like the governor. Good. He's supposed to. He's a Republican. The Speaker of the House. Good. He's a Republican. The Lieutenant Governor. Good. He's a Republican. That's in his party. But the Speaker of the House and I served together in the Senate. The Lieutenant Governor and I came in the Senate together and served in the Senate. The Chairman of the Appropriation Committee and I served in the Senate, served together in the Senate. Senator Johnny Isaacson, the U.S. Senator, and I served in the Senate. Congressman uh, Tom Price, who is the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee in Congress, we served together in the Senate. Congressman David Scott and I served together in the Senate. And I'm just telling you all of those things is that, you know, when I go to the Senate, go to the House, I will not be a neophyte. I've been there and I've done that. And that's why I wear this crest very proudly. It says Georgia State Senator, Senate. Now look, you know, in the military, once you've been a colonel, you're always a colonel. Once you've been a general, you're always a general. Once you've been in the legislature, legislature, you are always a legislator. When I go back to the Senate and to the House, which I go about twice a year during the, uh, during the session, I'm treated just like any other legislator up there. When I go back, I won't be a freshman. I will be a returning legislator just going to the, another house. David Ralston, the Speaker of the House, and I ran for statewide office together. He ran for Attorney General, I ran for Lieutenant Governor. And then two years later, he decided to run for the House and he won in a Democratic House, not a Republican House. And he was successful. And now, a few, about 10 years later, he became the Speaker of the House. So I just want you all to know that Floyd Griffin has credibility. He knows the people up there in the, in the legislature. I know how to move and shake. I know what it takes to be a legislator. You don't know until you've been there. It ain't easy, folks. Just because that's your, that's your party. I went up there, the Democrats was in charge. They didn't take me and just, you know, say, okay, Floyd, we're just gonna let you get everything. I had to work to support GMC. I had to work to support Georgia College and State University. Central State Hospital, 
the YDC. And y'all got to remember now, Central State Hospital, YDC, and some of those other institutions were, were lost under Republican administration. Okay? Just go back and you remember that. Now, I got about 10 more minutes. And uh, what I want you all to do, I want you all to go to my website, floydgriffin.com. Go to that website. It's a good website. We'll be like Donald Trump. It's a good website. It's good, good, good. It's good, good, good. Go read my website. It'll tell you about me, lifetime of leadership. It'll also indicate the legislation that I passed uh, or introduced or passed. I didn't pass it all, but everything is in there. All of the legislation, the appropriations that I was, I helped to get when I was in the legislature because I said help to get because very seldom a legislator is going to be able to put money into the budget. The governor has got to put it in the budget and then we have to defend it and General Boylan uh, 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 back there can, can understand that because when I went in the Senate, the uh, Zell Mill put the money in there for the Zell, that's called the Zell Miller, uh, uh, Zell Miller bill. And, and when he came down for the riddle cutting, he said, Senator Griffin, now you got to keep it in there. Because he knew that all someone had to do, another legislature, was to go in and take that money out. Now, very quickly, uh, our hospitals, there's something called Medicaid expansion. Go, go to the Baldwin Bulletin and read on that today and what I have to say. We don't need no plan, another plan. The, the federal government gave the money to the states under Medicaid expansion to be able to help our hospitals. The Republican uh, uh, legislators did not take that out of committee. Georgia is one of a handful of states that did not accept that money. And if that was the case, we, our rural hospitals wouldn't be in the situation in the scene. Floyd Griffin is going to support that, and he's going to work with the Democratic caucus and those Republicans that want to see us pass Medicaid expansion. Okay? Now, there are a number of uh, issues I have. All of them are in my website. It's about seven, seven of them. Go on the issues. It's not just naming them. I'm giving the reason why I am supporting them. Thank you very much. And I ask for your vote and support because we are going to win. And come Come on up, come on. I still talk while you're coming. Uh, <laughs> we are going to win, and we're going to invite you all up to the Capitol the second Monday in January when I'm sworn in. And that concludes this live recording from the Milledgeville area Tea Party Patriots candidate meet and greet. This event was recorded on September 1st in the Victory Chapel Baptist Church in Baldwin County. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. I thank you for spending a portion of your evening with me here on this elections edition of Milledgeville Matters, and I look forward to convening with you next time. <laughs>